looking to be their bank or credit card company and ask them to confirm their personal information. Book them every time. Safeguard your personal information on the phone, online, and especially at home because half of identity theft occurs by someone you think you know. Keep your identity to yourself and take a bite out of crime. Learn more from the National Crime Prevention Council at ncpc.org. A message from this station, the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. TalkZone.com! Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We are back a rare moment in time, hour number two, Thursdays only. Thursdays only, we go two hours here in the Two Guys and a Mike Show. We kind of combine it with our youth sports fan forum as well. We talk a little youth sports in particular on Thursdays. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mike Show. And now uh, we opened up the show at uh, 10 o'clock reminding people, and uh, nobody needs reminding, that uh, it is April 15th and it is the final day, the final time to get your taxes in without having to pay the penalty, and nobody wants to pay the penalty docs. You do not want to go into the Federal Reserve penalty box. Trust me, I haven't been there, but I know people that have. So get your taxes in. We talked about uh, if you're looking for a good spectator sport today or tonight, you don't want to go to a baseball game or a football game or basketball game, free entertainment, just hang around your local post office at about uh, 9, 10 o'clock tonight and watch the people in the last two hours and Various states of uh, stages of panic, delivering their taxes at the last moment. Excellent people watching. If you're a people watching guy like I happen to be myself, uh, you will get some quality, quality entertainment. Our phone lines are open throughout the show. You want to talk some baseball? We are going to do that. Didn't get into a whole lot of baseball in the first uh, hour of the show. We went over the Cubs' dramatic victory yesterday. We got any Cubs, Sox fans listening? You want to comment on our beloved ball clubs or uh, any city? You might be listening to this fine show from. We're happy to talk some baseball with you. Triple eight, four six three sixty seven forty eight. We were pretty NBA intensive in the uh, first hour of our show, so I don't know how much we're going to get into. But if you want to talk some NBA playoffs, we can do that too. The co-pilot seat is right here for you today. Again, the phone number triple eight, four six three sixty seven forty eight, and our email address is Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. And remember, there are only two things that are certain in life, David Olson. As we all know, only two things that are certain, right? Death and taxes. And remember, only one of them can you get an extension. Thank you very much. Our producer today. Huh? That's very deep. Very deep. That's what we do in this show. We get extremely deep. Some people have told me this program's unbelievably deep. (laughs) That's a damn lie, and you know it! Oh, goodness. David, everything good on the other side of the glass here? Hour number... I know normally we just do a one-hour show. It must be really painful to have to listen to this for two hours. I apologize. It's the highlight of my day, Coach. <laughs> Try to control your uh, uprising uh, emotional. Uh, any TV shows last night that we need to be aware of? You are our uh, expert. I, I understand Conan O'Brien has signed on with yeah, TBS. Yeah, with, right? with TBS and a big surprise move. Everybody assumed he was going to go to Fox. Yeah. And- through the world of cur- curveball by signing with TBS. Mm-hmm. Not CBS, but 
TBS, TBS. Turner Broadcasting System. Interesting. And, and he's going to bump George Lopez, who's going to do the show after. Correct. My kid's a big George Lopez fan, my younger uh, 14-year-old. And in uh, his TV critic world, the George Lopez situation comedy, very, very good. The George Lopez talk show, not so good. Yeah, it, it, interesting uh, thing about the whole situation is before Conan signed with TBS, mm-hmm. he made sure they went to George Lopez and asked him if he was fine with moving back an hour. Uh, <laughs> Didn't want any more of those uh, TV exactly, conflicts. Exactly, exactly. Huh? And, yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, apparently George Lopez couldn't be happier with the move. Uh-huh. Now, so. Well, he still tapes his show at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's just a matter of what things, time. Yeah, it just airs an hour later. Yeah. And it's cable anyway. Which, so. quite frankly, there was this, you know, I mean, in sports today, you know, we've been talking about the Vinny Del Negro, John Paxson battle, which was blown way out of proportion. The whole Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien thing, I thought was blown way out of proportion because basically NBC, we're jumping off the sports page here, talking to our TV critic slash producer David Olson, but they wanted both shows. Oh, it meant if Conan would have had the same attitude as George Lopez, everything would have been cool. All they want to do is push Conan back a half hour, right? Yeah, but it, it, uh, you know I'm firmly in Conan's camp on this whole situation. You know, it's they promised him the job five years ago, and they gave him six months, not even six months, to make the show a success, mm-hmm. plus the fact that you had Jay Leno sitting there bombing at 9 o'clock, dragging the ratings down for everything that came after him. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. so, nah, I, I, by the way, the Jay Leno show now back at its normal spot has, I don't know if they regained their original ratings, but they've already passed up the David Letterman show. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, he's, he's back yeah. to where he was before almost. Yeah. So, so there is, uh, and I happen to be one of them, you know, people kid the average age of the Jay Leno fans is deceased. It's a slightly older clientele than a Conan O'Brien or David Letterman would get. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and uh, band leader, band director, longtime guy, Kevin Eubanks. As, yep. again, we get through some of our TV minutiae here. Early in the show, uh, Kevin Eubanks has announced he is leaving The Tonight Show. He is leaving at the end of May, I believe. Interesting. That's a tough loss. The doc, the, the black Doc Severinsen. I don't I don't watch Jay Leno. I never have okay. it. I, I won't anymore. Okay. All right. Any other uh, television news and notes before we get on the sporting world, David? Anything else we need to talk about? Uh, no, didn't watch TV last night, so. God bless you. Spent a little quality time with the wife? Uh, no, with the kids. With the kids? With the kids. So. Interesting. Interesting. We had a uh, young sports talk host, I won't mention which one, who was talking about, he's not married yet, and he's talking about um, that, he would like to, he, you know, he's in his mid-30s at this point, and he would love to have kids. He's just not sure if he wants to get married. It's an interesting concept. I, I, you know, the desire to be a father, but not necessarily the desire to spend the rest of his life with, with one woman. And he actually, and he said, and again, this is an unsaid radio sports talk, oh, mid-30s. I think that's general enough. That leaves lots of options open. He said he talks to a lot of his friends who are married, and he hears that same thing. Hey, Jimmy, how's married life? It's great being a dad. What about the married part? It's great being a dad. <laughs> now, again, I'm not professing to that, but I'm just saying there's that mindset out there. There's that attitude out there. Thank you very much. No, it changes things. It mm-hmm. does change things, but yes. you, you just need to adapt with the change. Yeah. 
But you yeah. did spend quality time with your kids. I did, yeah. Sure, your wife is thrilled to hear about that. Actually, if properly done, they say one of the sexiest things to females is the father playing with the kids. Or any, if, if even if you're single. For the male to be showing a little love to the younger generation, very sexually attractive to the opposite sex, so it can you know can be very effective technique. I'll have to run back that by the wife. Yeah. So not see, not see that you would ever cares. use any of you. I know another of my ex co I've worked with a lot of guys over the years who used to, uh, in a rather innocent way, use his niece and nephew as a way of, he'd take them out for a walk in the park, and then he would meet females by playing with the niece and nephew. Again, innocent, but very effective. Thank you very much. Got a lot of unnamed sources I'm throwing out here on the show. All right. Now that we've covered all of that and uh, depressed you by reminding you that the taxes are due, let's get on to the sports at hand. Uh, 888-463-6748, our phone number. And uh, we do have a couple of great guests coming up. Uh, one of them uh, very soon coming up. we got Vern Reich, who is a basketball coach, longtime basketball coach, going to be joining us talking some hoops. Uh, he coaches a small fry basketball team, so we'll – find out a little bit small fry and maybe get his thoughts on the chicago bulls and the nba playoffs as well we also are going to have a um, young kid who is a author he is a movie producer he's an up-and-comer got a great funny movie coming out bad golf movie i believe it's called we're going to talk to him in a little bit gr kearney so a couple of great guests coming up on today's show talkzone.com two guys that a mic we ended hour number one talking some baseball only got into it a little bit and we mentioned the uh Chicago Cubs and their big come from behind win yesterday is seven to six. The White Sox did not have to come from behind. And again, our show emanating out of the uh, city of Chicago here. We talk Chicago sports primarily, but if you're listening to this show, fine show from another city, we are more than happy to have you uh, check in and talk about your particular team and bander it about a little bit. The White Sox beat Toronto yesterday eleven to one. And boy, for a ball club that has not been hitting the ball, they exploded. Carlos Quentin in particular got a grand slam. A couple of more RBIs, six ribbies on the day for a guy that they're going to need to hit this year. Carlos Quentin, no question about it, is a key for the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if anybody's expecting him to return to his near MVP status of a couple of years ago. That might be asking for too much, but if they can get uh, 30 homers, maybe 35, God forbid 40 homers from a Carlos Quinton. That would be an outstanding thing. White Sox win it 11 to 1. Johnny Danks. Great pitching performance. The Sox moved their record up to 4 and 5. And again, for a team that was only scoring a couple of runs a game, that was some much needed tonic. So we're going to get to uh, baseball, some other major league games. Uh, We'll kind of go around the MLB and pick out some of the highlights, if you will. Talk about that again. Our phone number here, 888-463-6748. And you can email us at mike 2 Guys at AOL.com, that's M-I-C and the number two, M-I-C short for microphone. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Right now, I want to bring in a special guest joining us on line number 37. I'm not sure what happened to the first 36 lines, but here he is on line 37. Basketball coach extraordinaire, Coach Vern Reich, joining us here on Two Guys and a Mike. Coach Vern, how are you? Well, I'm flattered by that introduction. Well, I'm just reading off the script that you sent me. <laughs> Coach Vern's got the radio pipes, by the way. We've actually hosted a couple shows together, have we not? I did. I did. Uh huh. Beautiful. What were the ratings for those shows? I never saw that. I'm still looking for them. <laughs> Very nicely done. Uh, Vern, you coach 
a sport called small. First of all, we have to ask you, by the way, you got your taxes in? Uh, they have already been mailed. I, I was okay. uh, nervous. I wanted to make sure that I could write okay. this uh, conversation up, uh, <laughs> so I got him in first. <laughs> Nicely done. We just want to, we're asking every guest, every nice. caller that comes in today, we just want to make sure all the taxes are in. And if not, we do have a assistant uh, sports producer here who can help people fill in their taxes Excellent. at the last second. Excellent. Yep. All right. Uh, now tell us a little bit. A lot of the fans out there uh, might not be aware. Small fry basketball, highly competitive youth basketball, but explain what small fry is all about. Small fry basketball has been in existence for 42 years. Uh, wow. It's it's just the opposite of normal uh, basketball where uh, we're looking for the shorter kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's five foot one and under. Kids cannot be 13 years old before September 1st of a specific year. So it's basically seventh graders. And younger, we actually in Highwood start with uh, uh, seven and eight year olds in a junior program and junior mm-hmm. in house program. And uh, our travel teams start at nine years old, though we've snuck a couple eights in there that are really special. Mm-hmm. So small fry is not just a cute little name you come up with. That's like a national or international, right? international right? Or- we organization. Play, we uh, wow, forty two years. Year, uh, we play each year against teams from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominican Republic. We've had teams from the uh, from Bermuda and uh, uh, teams throughout the U.S. Uh, the baskets are lower; they're eight mm-hmm. and a half feet. The ball is smaller. We use a woman's ball, and the kids again uh, for our older teams cannot be over five foot one. For our mm-hmm. younger teams, cannot be over four foot eleven. Wow, forty-two years in existence. So it actually started seven years before you were born, Coach Vern. Thank you. I, I yeah. wish that was true. Absolutely. Uh, well, I've, I've actually been coaching in Highwood for 27 years, wow. and I'm right up there with you. Uh, thir- um, I, I just completed my 38th year uh, in the North Shore. You don't sound a day over 29, Coach Vert. It's amazing what the phone lines can do. Isn't that something? <laughs> and a face for radio, too. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> uh, all right, now... Well, first of all, all right, so you got a height limit. And I think I remember the last time we did this interview, I think I mentioned this. Because I've seen it before, but uh, one of the maybe the biggest pressure moment the kids go through is at the start of the season when they get lined up to check their height, especially the kids that are right at the limit. Because right. if you're too big, then you can't play. So that's like a kind of describe that moment in time when the kids get measured out. Well, it's it, when I started too many years ago. They used to measure every weekend before every oh boy. Uh, every tournament, mm-hmm. and we had it that ended. Early on, uh, when two teams came to Racine, Wisconsin, to play in the international tournament mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico, and they measured three kids out, and their games were were forfeits. They were allowed to play. They came all the way from Puerto Rico, but the games didn't count. Okay. So we, as coaches, scream bloody murder that that's just not right. There's too much money involved as far as raising money and travel and everything like that. And you're you're talking about kids. You're you're talking about emotions, and and uh, nobody likes to break a heart. So we uh, we got that moved, and now the measurement is about eight weeks before we go to the international. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, kids, our problem is is that we pick our team in early December every year, and the measurements in January or early February based on when the international tournament is. Mm-hmm. So we've got a, a month and a half to two months there where we've got our fingers crossed. Uh, right. The kids won't grow uh, where the average player wants to grow mm-hmm. and, and be tall for basketball. 
we're hoping in that uh, time period that they don't grow because we've measured them, and it just so happens that happened this year where we lost a couple of kids uh, to the measurement that, that were fine when we measured them in early December, and they had a spurt, so we lost them. So you almost get in the business of predicting growth spurts, which is about as uh, difficult as joining the New York Stock Exchange. It's a prediction that inevitably is you're going to probably lose. But So if, exactly. a, if, if a kid has a big growth spurt, after the measure day, you could actually have a dominant center in the league if he happens to have that. And if you've had kids before, you know they don't grow little bits at a time. They grow in spurts. Exactly. That happened to us this year where one of our, our boys made it. Uh-huh. And by the time we were in Florida, I would say he grew almost three inches. He, yep. he And he looks a head taller. And, of course, everybody's walking around saying, how, how could he possibly measure <laughs> in? And, uh, you know, they're, they're – uh, there are, there's always a handful of kids down there that you can tell had a spurt mm-hmm. between the time of the measurement and the tournament itself. I know, I know our Chicago area team went down to a Disney World, competed in the international games. How did our team, your team is based out of Highwood, right, Coach? My Mike? team is based out of Highwood, okay. but we have kids that cover about 17 communities. Don't, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that, is okay. the, the biggest misconception that we're just a Highwood, Highland Park, Lake Forest team. We've got kids. Vernon Hills and Buffalo Grove and and Glencoe. Uh, We've had kids. uh, We had one boy that came from Naperville, and uh, he's currently playing on the New Jersey Nets, Chris Quinn. Wow. Uh, He used to live in the Chicago area, Mm -hmm. and his dad was friends with Doug Collins, who who, uh, referred him to Small Fry, and he'd come from Naperville. We've had boys from uh, Western Springs. Uh, we've had we've had kids from all over uh, come and play with us, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, so it's it's not just a Highwood Highland Park Lake Forest team. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and how did the team do in the games? I know it was competed. I think uh, what last week, right? Yeah, we just got back uh, last Friday. We uh, we were two and three down there. We came in fourteenth place out of uh, I think that there were twenty eight. There were about thirty six teams there. And we came in 14th place. We we struggled. Small fry basketball has different substitution rules. Mm-hmm. You have uh, what we call quarter teams. Everybody plays in the first half. Uh, we had 12 kids on the team. Six kids play in the first quarter, and none of those kids are allowed to play in the second quarter. So everybody gets a chance to play in the first half. Second mm-hmm. half is coach's decision. And uh, our first half teams were, were spectacular. All five games we were uh, we were ahead at halftime and when our five best five matched up with the other uh, other side's best five we struggled uh, certainly in the full court we mm-hmm. we had, they put full court pressure on us we had a little trouble it's a very quick game very uh, very athletic kids that we're playing against and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not a trend of highwood highwood usually is very good at breaking pressure this group kind of struggled and and one of the reasons it struggled in our in our eyes, and and we're not excuse makers. These kids are all all the kids on our team play on other teams. They play on their feeder teams. Mm-hmm. They play on uh, uh, AAU teams, and they play with us. And so we have to split time with those other teams. And we tell the kids we're we're not the type of program that's going to say, "Listen, you have to play every minute with us, or we're not going to allow you in our program." Mm-hmm. Uh, we we are aware that they want to play and have to play on their feeder teams, and we want them to do that. The problem is, is that second half team 
the combination of uh, all of them playing on other teams and one of our, our starters breaking his wrist, they just didn't have the continuity. They didn't have the, the chemistry mm-hmm. on the court that you would want and uh, with kids that would always be playing together and practicing mm-hmm. together. But it's what we live with. Uh, back when I started, we were the only game in town after junior high basketball. Now we, we've got all these other things, and Maccabi, of course, uh, that we compete with. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we wait our turn, and because we play uh, around Easter, the, all the other commitments are done, but the kids, all of our kids miss quite a few games, and uh, uh, it, it just makes it tough yeah. uh, continuity-wise. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of sports, so not a lot, but there are some sports when you can throw a team together, an all-star team, if you will, and you still could perform Fairly good. Baseball would be a pretty good example. Basketball is not one of those. If you want to be uh, effective, you definitely got to have that team chemistry. The guys got to be able to play together. It's part of the beauty of the game, quite frankly. But uh, the nice thing about playing down in Disney World, I would think, Coach Vern, is uh, even if you lose games, I would think uh, maybe not the adults, but at least the kids can find a way to have a good time. Real quick, uh, the Disney World experience, very good. Hopefully we didn't lose any kids on a roller coaster or nothing like that. No, and I tell the kids and the parents, they will have fun every second from the mm-hmm. time we get to the to the airport uh, and fly together as a team till the time we even we even at the up. airport, huh? Even at the airport, I don't know about that. Well, no, they they <laughs> they have a lot of fun, and once they okay. go through security <laughs> and uh, uh, every minute is fun uh, because there's so much off the court that we do and. We're 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 really big on teaching. We're bi- real big on on life's lessons and and uh, the friendships and the relationships that they make with other teams. We have a team from Newark, New Jersey, that comes in and stays with our kids in January every year, and our kids just can't wait uh, when they get land in Florida to go and see those kids because they haven't seen them since January. And they, these are these are friends. These are these are kids. Uh, that, that these are that come from troubled mm-hmm. families and community uh, community in Newark that come and stay with our kids and it's a real eye-opening experience for both sides. Mm-hmm. And then when our kids get off the plane, the first thing they say is we want to go see those guys. Yep. And the Midwest itself kind of bonds, even though they're, they're, we're all uh, trying to beat each other on the court. Once we get to Florida, we're rooting for those guys. We're rooting for the guys from Homewood mm-hmm. and Chicago Heights and and uh, hoping that uh, that those guys will have success. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Vern, we appreciate you coming on, telling us a little bit about small fry basketball. If we got some parents out there that maybe have a 7- uh, and 8-year-old kid that can dribble between his legs, do the spider drill, and shoot from distance, I'm sure you'd be willing to take them on. What is the uh, website for all the young basketball players there that want to check out small fry basketball? Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Hi, our Website is highwoodsmallfry.com, H-I-G-H-W-O-O-D, smallfry.com. And if they want to call, it's 847-604-4355. And uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that they have. Actually, uh, uh, we get kids that that, uh, started 7 and 8, and and this year we had two kids that uh, came into our program, had never played before, started as Mm 12-year-olds. So. They don't just start at seven and eight. We have three, what we call rookie teams. They don't travel to Florida, but they mm-hmm. play locally, 
and uh, they'll start up again and play next uh, next winter. Mm-hmm. We start with a, a, a an advanced skills uh, fundamental program that's only teaching, no scrimmaging, no games. On Saturday afternoons at Highland Park High School, we'll start that in mid-October. So there'll be information on the website, but mm-hmm. if they have questions, feel free to call. Beautiful. Vern, we appreciate it, and uh, make sure they go to their left, will you please? <laughs> they can all go to their left now. Once they're out of the program, we say, now you can go straight to 6-4. <laughs> Beautiful. Vern, thank you so much. Small fry basketball, and uh, we'll talk down the road, okay? Thanks for having me, Coach. Beautiful. Coach Vern Reich, long-time, long-time coach in the Chicago area. Talk a little about basketball. I know we got another special guest going to be joining us here on Two Guys at a Mic, but real quick, he's been hanging on for a while. we got to get to him real quick. It is uh, Roselle Mark checking in with some thoughts, I believe, on Chicago Cup baseball. Roselle Mark, is that you? Yes, Coach, it is. How are you doing? Long time no talk. we got another special guest coming up. Your timing, like always, is eminently not so good, but uh, we had to get you on real quick. Long time no talk. Hopefully you and the wife are good. Oh. Terrific, Coach. No, no complaints, at least at least not right. from her as far as I know. Because if there's any complaints, any problems in the marriage, any issues with the kids, we hear it, two guys are in the mic. That's uh, that's part of the services we provide. <laughs> that's great, Coach. But, thank, uh, thank you. We got your taxes in, by the way? Oh, absolutely. Come on. Got a, got a nice refund this year. Really? Already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. All right. You know, there's two types of people that complain about taxes. One is men, the other is women. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. All right, your thoughts on the Cubs real quick, Roselle Mark. Cubs, uh, <clears throat> by far the highest payroll in the National League. Yeah. I don't know uh, what they can do to shake things up or make themselves better. Uh, you know, they, they've uh, their payroll is about $20 million above every other team in the National League. Uh if they can't, if if Pinella can't get them to maximize their talent, I, I just don't see them uh, see them going nearly as far as they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've talked about it on the show uh, so far. You know, we're a lot of us are Cubs fans here. If you, but if you want to look at it objectively, perfectly objective, we look at the talent level of what the other teams have. You know, a 500 record is about where the Cubs are going to finish this year. Now, is there an upside to it, Roselle Mark? Is there, if a lot of ifs come through, could the Cubs have a really good year? Absolutely. And a win like yesterday is the kind of games that can spur a team onto that next level. Great comeback victory yesterday, but I'm kind of with you looking at it uh, as objectively as I can as a longtime Cub fan. We're destined for averageness this year. I don't know if we'll get a refund from the federal government. And it's a shame because they should be so much better. Well, you're based on spending money. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not a big spending money guy. I've said it before. I'd rather go with the, I'd rather go low budget. Bring me the young, hungry players. Bring me the Tyler Colvins of the world. Win, lose, or draw. That's the kind of team I want to root for. But that's just me. Oh, my team's got to spend more money. Our owners are cheap. I think our owners are spending too much money. Spend less money. Bring me in good, young, hungry players and give me less commercials during the game. This walk brought go. to you by Amico Corp. Oh, there's a double to the right field, center field. Go- that double brought to you by Goodyear Tires. They will double your pleasure on every car. So get rid of the commercials. Bring the ticket prices down. Give me some hungry, low-budget ball players. You finally find me a team that does that. That's a team I'm rooting for, Roselle Mark. I agree. Thank you. I agree with you completely. We're probably the only two. Oh, I don't know, folks. It seems to be working in Detroit. They've uh, they've got their ticket prices down to five dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. 
five dollars for parking and the uh, and the Tigers draw in a city that has probably the worst economy in the country. Roselle, Mark, your voice sounds absolutely horrible. Do you have a uh, some kind of illness we are not aware of, or can we recommend a cough syrup for you? Yes, I have an upper respiratory infection. You do. Yes, uh, I do. Well, David Olson, our producer, is an upper respiratory infection specialist, so you hang on. Listen to the show, Roselle Mark. We're going to give you a couple of potential suggestions, and they're not going to be the usual hot tea stuff. We're going to give you some good stuff, so you make sure you listen in, okay? I need all the help I can get, Coach. <laughs> all the help or all the health? All the help and health I can get. <laughs> As Mike Ditka would say, my health feels good. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Roselle, great to talk to you. I apologize to cut it short. Call back uh, tomorrow, another day. We'll have a longer time for you, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, beautiful. One of our great listeners from uh, Days Gone By, Roselle Mark, who calls in right when we've got a special guest on the line. I apologize for that. But the Roselle Mark drops off and leaves 12 other lines open. 888-463-6748. You're listening to Two Guys in a Mic here on the TalkZone.com. It's a rare two hours. Normally we're just a 10 to 11 o'clock show. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, 10 to 11 every day on Thursdays, we go two hours. Okay. David Olson, our producer, we take it a break, or can we bring in our special guest? Your call, Coach. You really don't care, do you? David's just waiting for Not the show. Particularly. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> All right, let's bring in our special guest here. He is a uh, young man who I believe has entered the uh, world of being an author, I think. And he's got a new movie coming out that's an absolute classic. It's right up our alley, comedy related in the way back. Way back in the day, just to show you how old I am, I think I taught this guy in a physical education class back in the day. It is G.R. Kearney joining us here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. G.R., how are you? I'm great, Coach. How are you? Doing outstanding, although my throat is starting to go the way of Roselle Mark. Man, I, I, <laughs> that was a rough listen, wasn't it? Uh, good. It was. It was. He's struggling. But... Roselle was dying out there, but your voice is feeling good? My voice is good, yeah. Very, very good. And most importantly, have you... I can take the load off you. uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Have you got your taxes? And we're very concerned with all of our listeners and callers. I appreciate the reminder. I've got them sitting on the floor here, so I'll walk over to the (laughs) post office (laughs) shortly after we get off the phone. Good memory. You did did teach me, I think. Yeah, uh, way back in the day. Fourth to sixth grade, and everything I learned about sports, I think I, I, I might have picked up from you, which is why... Unfortunately, I'm not a professional which, athlete. Which probably. is now why, yeah, why you're an author and you're doing movies. Now, did I get the author part right? By the way, did you? you, you yeah, you did. You did. I've yeah. published a couple books. Okay. Um, none of them sports related, so it's so mm-hmm. not probably particularly interesting to your readers. Although the most recent is uh, it, it it chronicles the somewhat unlikely development of uh, Crystal Ray Jesuit High School. On the south oh, side that's of the city. right. And I remember did. that. A very, very cool feel-good story, if you will. I don't mean to use feel-good as a as a cliche. This was a great uh, great story and a great book that you wrote. Tell, tell me a little bit about that real quick. Sure. Uh, the, the, the short version is the, the, the Jesuits, which is an order of Catholic priests, opened this school in the mid-'90s. They, mm-hmm. were, uh, they were looking for a way to provide high-quality college prep education to a sort of economically disadvantaged community. They cooked up a model that everyone initially told them would never work, where they would take 25% of the student body every day, put them on a bus, send them into downtown Chicago to work in banks, law firms, consulting companies, and the like. Uh, 
they ended up twisting enough arms to get it to work that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's since blossomed into a really successful national movement that's earned the support of the Gates Foundation and, and many others. But there are almost 25 schools now spread around the country. There's three in greater Chicago. Um, most major metropolitan areas have one, in some cases, two of these schools. The book is called More Than a Dream, and I did. I, I taught at the school for a couple of years and coached the girls' hoops team for... Mm-hmm. Five years, and one of the four students that we profiled was a basketball player. Um, so there's a lot of basketball mm-hmm. stuff weaved into that. But it, it, I'd, I'd, if if there are potential readers on the line, I can't lie and mm-hmm. say it's a sports book because it's not. But there's definitely some. Well, there's a good. There's a good last minute yeah. bucket in there. Not not to worry on this particular show. By the way, we advertise ourselves as the sports show that the non-sports fan can enjoy. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm not sure that helps our ratings anymore, but that's <laughs> exactly kind of what we, we jump off the sports page more often than not, JR. So you're in, you found yourself the right home here, but, uh, very, very cool. I love inspirational stories like that. Is there like one guy whose vision it was? I mean, somebody had the vision and a lot of people have ideas. I come up with ideas all the time and rarely follow through, but here's somebody or a group that had a vision. They followed through. A lot of people, like you said, said it couldn't be done, and they they saw it to it. It's not over yet, but they saw it to great success. Is there is there a couple of people that were the the main idea people behind it? Uh, there were. There was um, a, a Jesuit priest by the name of Brad Schaefer is the one who said, "Look, there's there are tens of thousands of high school age kids in this neighborhood. It's down in Pilsen Little Village for your Chicago listeners." Mm-hmm. Um, Tens of thousands of high school-age kids, there's one big public high school serving them. The numbers just don't work. There needs to be another option down there. So he's the one who said, hey, we, we, we should go do something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for a couple of years, they sat there and said, how the heck are we going to do this? And historically, when religious orders um, would start high schools, very often they had a whole bunch of young men or women kind of training to become priests or nuns. All they needed was a building. And then they could staff it. Um, as you know, as someone who worked in in education, um, if you've got lay people who haven't agreed to work for free, you got to pay them something. Um, today, the reality for most of these religious orders is they don't have an army of you know, young folks who have said, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And in order to run a school or start a school, you still need the building, which is tremendously expensive, but then you've got a real operating budget annually where you have to figure out a way to pay a whole, you know, 30 teachers that used to be effectively mm-hmm. free. Um, so there were a couple of years where they said, how we can't, you know, this is a school for people who can't afford it, but we, you know, we can't afford it and we don't want to just pass the hat because if we do that, we know, um, you know, we know at some point the economy will take a dip and, and the hat won't be full and we're going to have to shut it down. So what's, how can we make it work? And they actually reached out to a consultant who's a, also a kind of real estate investor in Chicago, and he dreamed the idea up. His name is Rick Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, you know, as I said, a lot of people said, this this will never work. We, you know, we at XYZ Law Firm, it's a nice idea, but we don't need a 14-year-old student here. We don't need a 14-year-old student who may have a limited English skill. It's just, it does, no thanks, liability, taxes, too many things for us to worry about. And they they worked hard and came up with a way to make it work. And in the end, they said, this is the only way this whole idea is going to work. we got to take a chance on this. Um, so it, it is a pretty neat story, and it's, it's the success they've had um, 
is pretty remarkable. Are the other uh, high schools, I know this one's called Cristo Rey, is there like a Cristo Rey in other states too, or do they take on different names? Uh, it, some some of both. Okay. Uh, there's a Cristo, Cristo Rey, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a school in Waukegan called St. Martin de Pours, oh, yeah. uh, which is part mm-hmm. of the Cristo Rey movement, but okay. not it doesn't bear the name. Mm-hmm. There's a school on the west side of Chicago now in its second year, Christ the King Jesuit College Preparatory, also okay. a Cristo Rey model school. And to be a mm-hmm. Cristo Rey model school, effectively the big, the big pieces of that are it's a Catholic school and it relies, you know, for most of its revenue generation on this work study model mm-hmm. and it serves a economically disadvantaged population. Those are the three primary indicators. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're doing those three things, you can kind of can be a, a Crystal Ray model school. I love the concept as well as, as part of the school experience going out and actually doing jobs and getting practical experience because even as a Well, I was a PE teacher, so I don't know if you can call me an educator, but I've always, I got two kids in school, but I've always, and my wife is a doctorate in education, but I still only half kiddingly use the phrase that never let school get in the way of your education. You know, I I couldn't agree. I I look at at the opportunities these kids had, and I'm, you know, not tongue in cheek at all. I wish mm-hmm. I'd had some of the same stuff. I, yep. I, you know, I was 23 or 24 before I started to figure out what I didn't want to do professionally. A lot of these kids, mm-hmm. they're 15 years old, and they can tell you, well, I know uh, I don't want to be an attorney. I've seen mm-hmm. what they do, and it's just not interesting to me. And, you know, that's great. Just mm-hmm. rule that out and go forward. And it, but I even think, even while they're doing that, they're still, and they may not uh, even realize learning. it. They're learning. Yeah, they're, Absolutely. They're, they're exposed to so much. And I think, mm-hmm. too, um, and, and not to go on and on about it, but I think part of you know, some some of the the, the, the vicious cir- cycle circle of inner city poverty, uh, a lot of it is, uh, I, I, in, in my opinion, um, some of the young people in those communities suffer from uh, myopia to some degree, where they just don't know what else is out there. They don't mm-hmm. get beyond the community too often, and and it's hard to dream big or hard to motivate someone to plan for the future when they can't really see what the future is. I think to go be dropped into these different environments, you just see so much more and the world of possibilities opens up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, 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 yeah, it's good stuff. Very, very good. More than a dream is the book. And that's not even what you came here to talk about, but, uh, I'm psyched up for it already. Now, if people want to, uh, is it still out there? You're probably in what your seventh and eighth, uh, edition of it, but I, I, I wish, <laughs> um, if you've got an end to Oprah, you can, you can, that's, I think that's how you get to seventh and eighth edition of anything. No, it is. It is. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's probably okay. still in in bookstores as well. Okay. And there's a website set up more than a dreambook dot com if anybody wants to go learn Beautiful. a little bit more. Beautiful. All right. Now, from one very serious and inspirational and motivational topic, the movie that you've got out now. When I say got out, you got to kind of explain because I know it's at some level. You're trying to get at a bigger level, but I saw the trailer for it. This one appears to not have a lot of great. Deep meaning behind it, but just sheer humorous <laughs> entertainment. I love that the, the movie's ending like the trailer. You're going to love it. It's called Bad Golf Movie? It's called Handicapped, a documentary about okay. bad golf. And then you, okay. you've got the the web address there, okay. which is badgolfmovie.com. But the movie itself is called Handicapped. Handicapped. Okay. All right, now tell me a little bit about this. I mean, I'm pretty aware of it, but the listeners, uh, I think, will enjoy it. Sure, absolutely. Handicapped Chronicles, the the third annual Albert J. Dormat Average Man <laughs> Invitational. So, uh, Mr. Dormat is a 
um, a portable toilet magnet. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars in the waste management business, and he also happens to be a horrible golfer. He's a he's actually a former high school teacher and coach. Now, now is this is this true story or? Uh, I mean, tr- truth is obviously in the eye of the beholder. Okay, there. So, <laughs> so it's loosely based on an actual story. It, it, it is no. We, okay. I mean, we did we did chronicle the the actual golf tournament where where players okay. were competing for the okay. prize. Um, so, but but uh, but yeah, Mr. Dormant, former coach, very competitive guy. Um, his you know, he's a very much a rags to riches story. He, he bought I think half a dozen portable toilets from a. A traveling salesman um, to do on the side. I mean, summer's free, obviously, and uh, when there's a lot of events going on and whatnot. And he grows that into this massive business. And and along the way, he kind of leaves teaching and leaves coaching. And there's this competitive void in his life that's not fulfilled completely through his life as a businessman. So he takes up golf, which he thinks there are these you know professional reasons for doing so. He takes up golf and he finds that he's awful at it. And no matter what he does, he continues to just be a terrible golfer. And he spends a lot of money going out and entering golf tournaments and always finishes at or near the bottom. And he has this dream to compete, to truly compete in a high stakes golf tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, And he finally realizes, I've got more money than I know what to do with. I'll just make my own tournament. And, uh, and then the only rule will be you can you, the only way you can come and play in this tournament is if you're as bad as I am or worse. Um, so that's the that's the genesis of the tournament. The, the one that we filmed was the third um, uh, the, the third year that he'd done it, and he didn't fare particularly well in the the first two years. There's some he went into the third year as a 17 handicap, and there's a lot of folks who would tell you that he's he's no more a 17 than I'm a. A plus two. Um, he's just he's just not a not a particularly good golfer. But uh, he didn't. I, I, I don't want to ruin the ending. But I don't think um, this year's tournament went quite the way he'd hoped it would either. But the tournament uh, did bring out a, a pretty interesting cast of characters, including um, a, a guy by the name of John Barman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may that name probably doesn't mean much to anybody. But John um, is actually an actor and made his his first and last um, feature film debut in the original Caddyshack. He played Spalding. Okay. Um, if you remember, Spalding was the judge's nephew, I believe, and he was kind of a spoiled brat in the movie. But so John's got some very memorable lines from Caddyshack. <clears throat> excuse me, from Caddyshack. He's um, a real estate guy in Boston now. Mm-hmm. Heard about the tournament, and I'm gonna take a sip of water. <laughs> Is there like do you have to? Man, uh, we're, what happened to Rose Mark? We got to bring him back in. See, well, I would. You sounded great up until it must have been Rose Mark like suffocating uh, <laughs> through the talk waves here. But yeah, exactly. Um, but he so he came out and played in it, which was great. And uh, and a couple other interesting items about the uh, about the tournament. Al um, has a has a kind of a bad back, struggles to do eighteen holes. So he said. You know what the hell? This is my tournament. Make it a nine-hole tournament, mm-hmm. um, and he uses um, he uses a uh, shootout format or a horse race format, which uh, all ten players tee off on the first hole together, <laughs> and the player with the highest score is eliminated at the end of each hole. By the time you get to wow. the ninth and final hole, you got two guys who are playing in this case for a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, so pretty oh, exciting. Stuff. What quarter yeah. of a million? 
Yeah, so histor- historically, Al had said, again, his dream was high stakes. You and know, again, this is this is not just total fiction. This is based on something that actually happened. So this this guy's actually given away. It's his money. Uh, right. The first two years, two? he 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 gave away. He put up a hundred thousand dollars cash wow. prize. Start, starts to get some attention around the tournament, and uh, and then he gets some sponsors to kick it in and move it up to a quarter of a million bucks. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now the obvious question. And, and the film is done kind of in a documentary style, right? It's following Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, very yeah. much so. And with definitely with tongue firmly implanted in cheek, humor is part of it. But again, based on a, this is not just all made up, this is actually happened. What a phenomenal idea for a bad, you know, get all the worst golfers together and have a tournament and then, God forbid, actually put cash prizes. But it begs the obvious question, GR, how is uh, this guy Al sure once the prize money is that high that how do you guarantee that they're actually bad golfers? Well, so they would go and try and validate handicaps, um, and then again, without giving too much away, this this was the first year. In the first couple of years, he'd kind of opened it up to his his friends and mm-hmm. relatives and so forth. This year, there was interest. So they, this year being 2006, um, Allison's had back surgery and the tournament's kind of on hiatus. But um, in 2006, they opened it up to to kind of anyone who wanted to apply. And then Al, um, Al put together a skills contest that helped further weed out any would-be sandbaggers. Um, and, and so there was a skills contest to, of the of the hundreds or maybe even a thousand people who wanted to be in this thing. <laughs> they drew names out of a hat. They uh-huh. get a handful to come and compete in this skills contest. And then um, you would normally think that you'd have the best guys emerging from a skills contest. Mm-hmm. Um you know, again, don't want to spoil too much, but Al, Al worked something out where he had the worst guys emerging from the contest. So he he was he was sure he was playing against the worst of the worst. You know, normally in the uh, pro golf tournaments, you watch when the golfers are teeing off, and you see all the fans lined up. And I'm always just amazed at how close those fans are. I'm going to guess that the, when these guys were teeing off, there were not fans on either side of them, but everybody was probably most cool. most. Yeah, most people had enough sense to stand <laughs> comfortably behind them. Uh, <laughs> you are exactly right about that. Yeah, and uh, it's it's funny that you that you bring up you know with, with just being on the heels of the Masters. If it, if you think about all the golf that any of us watch, even if yep. if you've got folks who tune into the Big Break on the Golf Channel, uh, almost any golf that you can watch, whether the LPGA, the PGA, the Nationwide. That's like the top 1% of the top 1% of golfers in the world. Most mm-hmm. of the rest of us are playing a completely different game, but you, which which for those who play it can sometimes be extraordinarily funny, at least when you have a couple minutes of separation from, you know, notching the triple bogey. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a ball going sideways is usually funny, but you, you rarely see that filmed. Um, so, our, you know, our feeling was, God, this mm-hmm. stuff is just, it's just a riot for anyone who plays golf and understands you know how funny bad golf can be. Um, so we we certainly had a lot of fun uh, working on the movie. It's it showed in a couple festivals and uh, and it's done well in festivals. So I think we're we're finding that people are enjoying watching it too. And right now we're we're working on cutting about twelve minutes out of it to get it to fit into a time slot on the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hoping that it may end up. It should sometime this summer appear on the golf channel and we're hoping that it will you know catch on and maybe get multiple airings there all right again it's called handicap what's the uh, little title underneath it handicapped 
A documentary about bad golf. A documentary about bad golf. Now, if people want to uh, catch it on the website and that trailer in particular, GR, how would they uh, do that? Um, it, the, the, uh, the, if they, they can go right to www.badgolfmovie.com and okay. watch the trailer online, DVDs are for sale. Okay. Um, so the DVDs are available now, and then hopefully mm-hmm. they'll all be able to see it on the golf channel right. soon. Badgolfmovie.com. Uh, myself and my normal partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, if we would have known about the 250,000, we definitely would have been among um, the 100 yeah. entrants. And uh, believe me. I've seen enough of you to know that yes. you're probably uh, you're probably a little below 17. Yeah. Well, I, I found a way to solve the problem of bad golf. Don't play. <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't play. I, I, you know, maybe if I'm invited to like some charitable function, if, I only play if I have to. That's pretty much it. But uh, huh. God bless. It should be great. Badgolfmovie.com. That's where you can get info on the trailer too. And uh, Hopefully that'll be picked up by the Golf Channel. And, uh, GR, we hope for great success for you down the road. And, again, the book is More Than a Dream. And the website to get that book is morethanadreambook.com. You got anything coming up in the works we need to be aware of? Uh, those are the main ones. And then another okay. one, which I think I think your partner might have liked, but uh, I've got a novel um, that I'm pushing out there right now about a, a um, kind of improbable independent run for the White House. I think reading uh joel's background there he and i uh, share same mm-hmm. opinion of of the current congress just not working something's got to change so this is this is a book for you know me a 32 year old saying hey look it's got to change here's mm-hmm. here's a kind of a fun entertaining way to try and get my generation of right. fantasy football loving guys to care about what's going on in the world around them keep us abreast on that stuff for Will for do. sure thanks, so Aaron, thanks ed- so much for having me on absolutely education Movies, and now you're in the political world. It's unbelievable. A guy was able to overcome a bad PE teacher for three years in grade school and still <laughs> elevate to success. It's an inspirational story, GR. Thanks for coming on. We'll stay in touch, okay? Thank you. Have a good weekend. Beautiful. GR Kearney checking in. Uh, outstanding. It's good stuff. Check out that uh, trailer, but I, I just love the concept. What a great idea by the guy, right? You know, you can't, you, he's got competitive juices. You want to enter a tournament and golf is the sport you're playing. You're terrible at. So, you know, this is why the guy was a success in business. You get creative. You think outside the box. You think outside. You you start a tournament of bad golfers, and now you can compete. That's all we got to do. Dave, you got an extra 100,000 sitting around. We could do that, too. We could even have a a reality contest for bad sports tacos. We'll bring nine other people in, and maybe I'll win a contest for once. Who knows? All right. 888-463-6748. Again, G.R. Kearney, our guest here. Before that, it was Coach Vern Wright, guest intensive on the two guys at a mic show. Only a few minutes left, but, uh, we can still sneak in a couple of calls if you care to do so. Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number, if you want to email us, you can do so at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Real quick to, Finish up the baseball thoughts for a beautiful Thursday, April 15th. Here we talked about the Cubs and their comeback win. The White Sox, uh, finally, finally breaking out with some big hits, 11 to 1 over Toronto. Other action in Major League Baseball yesterday, Tampa Bay, the Devil Rays, swept Baltimore. BJ Upton with a couple of home runs. Carlos Pena had a big home run the day before. He follows it up with a three run shot. Tampa Bay, not too bad, six and three. They may make a run at it in that very, very competitive American League East.
the uh, Texas Rangers knocked off the Cleveland Indians six to two. Lowest crowd ever. Smallest crowd ever. Lowest attendance ever for a Cleveland home game. I guess they're not at Jacobs Field anymore. They're at what's called Progressive Field in Cleveland. Apparently it's not that progressive. Cleveland sports, thank goodness for the Cavaliers. Boy, a couple of great, you know, and I, I go back in the day, the Cleveland Browns in football, you know, great, great tradition with the Cleveland Browns. They, they've been bad in the NFL for a lot of years. And I'm a Bears fan first, but I'm rooting for the Cleveland Browns, and I have been for a while, to turn things around. I would argue football is good when the dog pound and the Cleveland Brown fans are feeling a little bit better. They're not barking so mean, but they're barking because they've got some bite, some bark and some bite in their football team. But Cleveland running through some tough times. Their Cleveland Indian baseball team, not good for a long, long time either. 10,071 fans show up to Progressive Field. Smallest crowd. I don't know if it's in Progressive Field history or Cleveland Indian history, but bottom line is pretty small crowd. Texas beats them 6-2. to two. Nelson Cruz, sixth home run of the season. Right now it's early, folks, but the leading... Home run hitter in Major League Baseball is not Albert Pujols. It is not your favorite home run hitter. It is indeed Texas Rangers' Nelson Cruz. Six homers on the season. The San Francisco Giants, hottest team in baseball. They beat Pittsburgh 6 to nothing. The Giants are another team. Sort of like the Cleveland Browns, they've gone through a lot of years of miserable and at best mediocre baseball. This could be the year they break out. Everybody knew they had the pitching. They didn't know if they had the hitting. Well, their hitters are coming through. And their pitching is as good as expected. Jonathan Sanchez, yesterday, brilliant performance. He strikes out 11. They shut out Pittsburgh. The Giants are on a roll. Florida knocks off Cincinnati 5-3. to three. Jorge Cantu. Can you, Cantu? Jorge Cantu with uh, a base hit and another RBI. And I read this now. The first player, and I think I'm getting this correct, in Major League history. Major League Baseball history. Jorge Cantu, who has gotten both a hit and an RBI in nine consecutive games to open up the season. It's kind of an obscure scat, stat. A trivia question, maybe, you know, if you're playing for 500 points, you might want to throw that one out there. But there's Jorge Cantu for you. Florida knocks off Cincinnati. The Cardinals beat Houston 2-1. to one. And, uh, Dave, again, if you could get the exact address of the Houston Astro Ball Club, I kind of faked my way through it yesterday. I think I said Houston Astros, care of Bob Watson, one Astro way, Houston, Texas, Six oh six oh six oh six oh six oh six oh whatever, but uh, we're sending sympathy cards, folks, because it's going to be a long year. They're zero and eight on the season with not a whole lot of hope. Some great baseball fans down in Houston who are not going to be enjoy uh, going to be able to enjoy their Houston Astro baseball this year. Cardinals knock them off two to one. Astros haven't won yet. Albert Pujols with another RBI. He's got fifteen on the season. How about Colorado knocking off the New York Mets six to five? Game goes ten innings. Chris Iannetta. A man with four vowels out of seven letters in his last name. That's impressive. Seven letters, four vowels. Chris Iannetta, home run, 10th inning. Colorado knocks off the Mets 6-5. to five. And finally, Philadelphia continues on their warpath 14-7. to seven. I got a feeling as bad as the Bears offense. I don't know what the Bears average this year in points. But there's a good chance the Philadelphia Philly offense might score more, average more runs than the Bears did points. And if you're a baseball team doing that, that's a good thing. If it's a football team doing that, not a good thing. By the way, up on the screen right now, I'm watching Chad Ochocinco on the Dancing with the Stars wearing some kind of what appears to be gay rodeo outfit, a very awkward experience 
All right. Uh, Philadelphia won that game, by the way, 14-7. Chase Utley with a couple of home runs in uh, Shane Victorino. With a two-run homer, three-run triple five RBIs for Shane. That Philadelphia Philly lineup is absolutely loaded. Uh, we've come to the end of our uh, two-hour experience. We hope you enjoyed it again. Normally we are a one-hour show, 10 to 11, Monday through Fridays, but uh, Thursday we sneak in a extra hour. So we appreciate your joining us today. We'll be back at you tomorrow. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, will be joining us. So make sure you tune in for that always unique experience. We'll find out his take on sports, and more importantly, what other second-sorted things have happened in the life of a Joel Radwanski. want to thank our guest today, Small Fry Basketball Coach Vern Reich. You can check it out more on smallfrybasketball.com, located out of Iowa in the Chicago suburbs, and also uh, G.R. Kearney, author and movie director extraordinaire. Don't forget, bad golf movie, and the movie is called Handicap. Thank you to one and all, David Olson, our producer, putting up with two hours of me. Is about an hour and 58 more minutes than anybody should have to do. Don't forget, tax your, get your taxes in. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Be good. Have a great day.